Welcome to the 14th edition of the uh, Make Pro Wrestling Majestic again. I caught myself. That's good. Um, I am Tiger Height. And I not only am I peanut gallery, and not only am I the majestic champion of the world still, but I'm also the person who came up with the theme for this week's uh, Make Pro Wrestling Majestic again. It is called Where the Hell Have You Been? Right. So um, before we get into it, I want to make something at least somewhat clear. This is the 14th episode of this show. This is a new channel because New Japan's little bot um, oh, yeah. totally fucked us over. I submitted the counter notification, and if they take us to court, we're going to win. So New Japan, try it. You know you'll lose, so don't even bother. Bring back our channel. We'll be fine. You so anyway, can't see me. Right. Anyway, so let's talk about Slammiversary and a, um, and a company that actually knows what the fuck fair use is. Mick. <laughs> so um, this show was fucking awesome, and unlike Money in the Bank, the stream ran correctly. Oh! <laughs> so let's talk about our first match, which was... Where is it? Holy crap, I am so not prepared. Everything just happened all at the same time, and I did not have any time to prepare for this, so keep in mind that. You know what? If you wanted, I could have stayed upstairs for a little bit longer. There we go. Okay, so let's start with the pre-show match at the very least. So we have Fire and Flava defending the Knockouts Tag Team Champions against Havoc and Rose. It's great to have fans back in the stands. Impact took it long enough. I know. They were just being weird about it. Hey. And as long as they got there. Um, but the match itself, this match was... Eh, I'm sorry. It was kind it of wasn't, It wasn't the greatest match, but hey. Fans back. Fans back. They were super hot for the uh, like for everything that they were right. doing. I mean, it could have been pretty much the most right. dog shit. Havoc and Rosemary winning. Eh, whatever. Yes, I Havoc mean, and Rosemary won. Well, at least I was one up at this point, so I'm I'm at least happy about that. Oh, we did two audits because Mothership was doing was doing the predictions with us. We had to do two audits. And two independent audits verified that I won by one. It was it was tied, but something was wrong because Peanut Gallery does not know how to keep records. So because he was giving himself, I guess, what not enough credit. I wasn't. No, I don't <laughs> should have given myself more credit. I think the problem was he thought that he did not choose Deanna Perrazzo to win for some unknown. I, I was I was so honest that it actually was dishonest. <laughs> I don't think that exists. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, there was literally nothing memorable about this match. No. It was um, a kind of a slog. It was a little bit boring. It was, um, but the pre-show match. Uh, the, the, right. It was a pre-show match, but the people were so into it, it felt a little more special right. than what it was. Uh, Decay was out there. I guess now, apparently, Havoc is a part of Decay, which I did not. Right. So, pro tip here. Don't eat bats in Wuhan. Okay. Pro tip. Pro tip. That's not where they came from. Anyway, so um, when we come back, we're going to go to our next match. So our first match, I don't know why I said that with the second match, but whatever. Or the first match. What the fuck ever is going on? It's the first. I am, I am so fucking flustered right now. Like, I don't know why. First match everywhere. of the main show. First match of the main show. Second match in. I think that's where my brain is, but everything is happening. So... It was the Ultimate X match. Josh Alexander, Trey Miguel, Ace Austin, Petey Williams, Rohit Raju, Chris Bay. This match was awesome. Yes. 
Um, there um, was, so, there was, there so was... the one, the one thing I remember from this match was Petey Williams doing the Canadian Destroyer off of one person's shoulders. It was Josh Alexander, and I think he yeah. hit it on Chris Bay, and it was really yep. cool. The one thing that I remember from this match, and honestly, if you were going to find an Ultimate X match to watch, this is the match to watch. It was that good. The guy who won was not, he's obviously not an X Division. Right. Like, um, no, he's, he's not your typical, because X Division is not about the cruiserweights. It's about just that the whole. High, the high-flying style. Is but really but you have Josh Alexander, who's not the high-flyer. Being it, just, a, just a fucking star of this division, right. bringing it back. Um, the one spot that I remember was Josh Alexander was upside down on the Ultimate X. He applied the ankle lock. Oh, I remember that one. He, then Ace Austin tries to like. No, no, wait, no, no. So oh. what? So what it was? Shut up. What it was was that Josh Alexander had the ankle lock on Chris Bay upside down. Yeah. Chris Bay was not even touching the ground, and Chris Bay had a headlock on, I think, Petey Williams, who had a sharpshooter on. Oh, I remember that one. Yeah. The tree looking right. thing. It, it, look, it looked like a big tree. And Ace Austin was in there. Rohi Raju kind of rolled out of there. Right. But no. it, was a, it was a clusterfuck. And that was a cool spot. Right. Like, it took a lot I, of... I also remember um, um, Josh Alexander and um, Petey... No, not Petey Williams. Um, was it Chris Saban? They were... Chris no, Saban. not Chris, Chris Saban. Chris Saban's not even in the match. No, no. It was, it, was, it was him and one other guy. I can't remember who it was. Was it... It wasn't Ace Austin because Ace Austin tried to go in between them to steal the title off of them. Remember that one? I think you're being. I think you're thinking about Trey Miguel. Yeah, it was Trey. It was Trey Miguel and um, and uh, Josh Alexander. They were fighting. So the, the no, title. no, you know what? No, no, no. It was Chris Bay. It was Chris Bay who was in between. Right. Um, it was um, Ace Austin was trying to do the AJ Styles spot to steal the title off, right. but he totally missed because um, Bay and Alexander lifted the title up, so he totally missed. Right, and then Ali- that's why that's why I was saying it was, it was, the, ending, was, very, it was yeah. the ending segment right. of the show. I remember that or that the was match. the that was the end of the match. Right, um, a great segment. I mean, just this Ultimate X match was just awesome. It was just awesome, and despite me being all over the place right now for no apparent reason. Um, this was just a really great match. Right. I can't say enough about it. So the next match, so this one was the mixed tag. Brian Myers and Tennille Dashwood versus Matt Cardona and a mystery person. So before we get into it, I did not have the opportunity to find this because they hinted that Tennille Dashwood and Matt Cardona had some sort of history. Do you remember these two ever being in an anything in WWE? No. In Impact Wrestling beforehand or I anything? Don't. I don't, but I should have picked up on the hot mess hint. Right. And it was like, okay, I okay, so it was obviously um Chelsea Green who returned to Impact. See, here's the thing. Who was she signed with? <laughs> Chelsea Green. So here's the thing. They actually found out about this today. Chelsea Green was working with Impact and with ROH. Her full-time contract is going to be with Ring of Honor. Okay, I kind of assumed that. But she booked this date with Slammiversary before. Oh! So Ring of Honor decided not to sign her until after this. Well, so they, 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 signed, they signed her to Ring of Honor already. But no, they didn't. Not until at, not until after Saturday. So she was on. So she was at Best in the World without a deal. Yeah. But there was there was there was an assumption that she'd fulfill this date. 
Oh, I see. Right. Okay. So so she was kind of playing with both of them at the same time to see which one would give her a better contract. Ringer Runner said yes. She's like, well, I've got to do this thing with my husband. And they're like, okay, that's fine. Right. Not a big deal. We'll wait until later. We'll, we'll wait until after it's, it's this. Kinda, it's kind of yes. weird that Ring of Honor put her on TV without her contract, but whatever, I guess. Hey, well, because she already agreed to sign the contract, she just had to do this Okay, date. okay, and also, what is the status of the wrist injury? It'll be healed by the end of the month. Okay. Yeah. So, it was healed enough for her to do the match. She didn't do a lot. Um, right. A lot of this was basically based around Myers and uh, Cardona, because right. that was, that's the main... Um, or, or who do you call them? <sighs> I, I, I kept saying Zack Ryder for unknown reasons. This person is 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 Cardona. Like like Brian Myers, I Nick. totally Brian Myers, I totally got, but for some reason, I it just clicks in my mind Zack Ryder for no reason. But anyway, um, the match itself was fine. I thought it told a really good story it overall. Did. But at the end of the day, it was a fun match, and that's but all obviously I can really say. it revolved around Myers and Cardona. They're right. they're going to continue to rival with each other, even though. IRL, they're friends. Right. Well, <laughs> fucking obviously, they have a YouTube show. But anyway, <laughs> um, but just for transparency, it was a prettier on Tenille Dashwood for Chelsea Green to pick up the win. Uh, feel good moment for the crowd, too, because they were saying welcome back, and I think that was really cool for her to see. Right. Um, and obviously, she'll do great in Ring of Honor. I'm very excited yep. to see that. And, I, and obviously, that, that forbidden door is broken down. Absolutely. So then we get to this match. So you get Tall Edge versus Eddie Edwards. Right, we get Tall Edge. I mean, I'm sorry. Look at fucking W. Morrissey and tell me with a straight fucking face that he does not look like Edge. Just Edge, seven, Edge just seven a, foot four or right, whatever. Right, right. Edge, Edge is the shorter W. Morrissey. So, anyways, um, W. Morrissey put a, put a stake through the heart of the heart and soul of Impact. This was, so number one, I even put on my notes and I thought this even through, and I think it's still to this day an excellent match. Oh, yeah. Um, w. Morrissey looked like an absolute monster. Eddie Edwards is definitely a reliable worker. Um, number one, don't defend the fucking world champion every week. Um, I think that actually kind of killed him more than it helped oh, him. Oh, God, yes. And honestly, that's just kind of where that was. Eddie Edwards is just not world champion because when he gets it, I want to defend it every week. That's not the point of a world. You know what? I'm not even a bitch. I'll do it later. Anyway, yes, please, bitch. Later. Morrissey is awesome. He is a great promo now. Mm -hmm. He has a great presence now. Yeah, he's clean, healthy, and sober, which good on him. And he's wrestling on such a different level. Yeah, um, you know, huge boots, and then finally a power bomb, a vicious power bomb, sweet finisher for him. He looked like a beast. He's the future of Impact. Right, like honestly, he's just that good. All right. All right, so the next match, here's take two, because my phone fucking randomly fell. So Shira and Madman Fulton come out and bitch about them being barred from the Ultimate X match. Right, from ringside for that one. Right, right. and we're like, what, three, four matches deep at this point, right. and there's no reason for them to have a moan about this. Right. So then Finjuice come back. Number one, it's great to see. And um, as Pina Gunner said... It was, it, was, it was just an excuse for them to come back and... and have a match. And it have was, a match. I it mean, was, it was fine. It was a minute and 15 seconds. Yeah. Um, basically, it was a whatever. I think at this point, I was actually making dinner, so I really didn't watch it, but I just don't... It was, it was a nothing match. It was literally a nothing sandwich. Yeah. It was just for Finjuice to be back because Finjuice is popular. Yeah. And they really wanted to get Finjuice at least somewhere right. in the show. 
I, I understand they, why. They've been out of the limelight for so long because they can't go back to Japan, so get well, them in front they, of fans they, here. Well, obviously they can because that's where they were before this. Right. So they can go back to Japan. They're just back here because I don't know for reasons. But it was fine. Um, there's not really much to say about it. So, fatal four-way match for the Impact World Tag Team Champions. So, TJP, we still do not know why he was out. But he was replaced. Falaba said this specifically. Impact said... He, Impact said, can you find a tag team partner for your match? And he and, 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 um, and Falaba says, no, 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 no. So, we all think, oh my god... Is it going to be Brian Danielson? No way, Jose. And so no and way. it's no way who comes out. It's not no way, Jose. It's no way. I love how they. He so comes number, out. So number one, I love how they got around that. I but do yes, too. so it was no way, Jose. No, there's no way. Okay, it's no way, Jose. Shut up. I'm I'm not kidding you. Shut up. Seriously, it was no way, Jose. It, but he's called no way. Yes, because. Because how they got around it was is because no way Jose is a um, is a phrase that they is a use. phrase so that's how they worked around that to introduce him and I thought that was awesomely clever. Um, he was super over too. Yes, and also goddamn he looked great. Oh yeah, um, he was very. Involved. He's a tall motherfucker too. Oh yeah. Um, but taking nothing away from literally anybody else in this match, this was a wonderful match. Oh yeah, it was. Um, it was a spot fest, like spot fest for spot fest. But you well, expect you that with an, you expect that with four teams, right? A fatal four way tag team match. Like, I mean, come on. And it was great. I thought it was paced. Also, really. did you notice that um, Impact uses the same rules for those kinds of matches that um, Lucha Libre Triple A does? Yes, I did. I did notice that. So that, I thought that was really cool. Mm -hmm. Where um, it's not like a tag in. It's if the other person rolls out, that person right. becomes the automatic next person. And in. I noticed that, and I wanted to make a point to that too because I love that. Right, but it was a magic killer on Rhino for the Good Brothers to regain the tag team champions. Um, oh shit, we forgot a match, but it's fine. It's fine. Anyway, um, we'll go back and do that one. So oh, yeah. after this one, we'll go back to that one. Um, but this one was a very great match. Oh, yeah. uh, the Good Brothers did win. They are now the tag team champions again. And it was just a really good match. Right. I really enjoyed it. So, um, before the tag team match, even though we did the review of the tag team match before this one, we're just going to roll with it, right? Well, because apparently you don't know how to... Apparently, oh, I see. That's why, because my notes, um, I have my notes right here, and I totally skipped over it because apparently everything has to go wrong tonight. Um, At least it's going wrong right now, not uh, later. Yeah, I guess. Anyways. Um, Moose versus Chris Sabin. I loved the rivalry going into it. Mm -hmm. I thought the match itself was very good. Mm -hmm. And um, they just told a great story. There was a great story there. People loved Chris Sabin. Right. He was so over, and he won with a roll-up. And I'm... I, I, I'm, I'm going to bitch about this later, but they're fucking over Moose. I'm sorry. I, I have to say it. They kind of are, yes. But I we'll, just, I, I really, we'll, we'll talk about when we make Pro Wrestling Majestic again. Absolutely. So, yeah, no, Moose was hitting good moves. He was doing this and that. It was a roll-up for Chris Saban to win. And I think with that, it kind of puts Chris Saban at number one contendership. But oh, once God, again, yes. we'll talk about this when we make um, Slammiversary Majestic again. But, you know, or it was a fine match. Impact. It was whatever. 
Majestic again. Well, anniversary impact. I don't. I don't know how much more majestic impact can get after tonight. I really don't think it could, but you know, it is what it is. There were there were some faults, and we'll. Oh yeah, there we, were. we will we will properly bitch about it. We will. <laughs> this one was weird. Okay, this was probably the most interesting forbidden door breakage of the entire night. So, anyways, let's do this. Is Deanna Perazzo? Versus an NWA competitor, NWA Thunder. signed contract, Thunder Rosa. Is she signed with NWA still? Until the end of 2021, she is signed with the NWA. Okay, this is a clear indication. Was that you? That was me. Oh, okay. Is this a clear indication? Obviously, everything's going wrong, so I'm being hyper-aggressively attentive about that. Right. Anyway. You're just going to fall apart here like three, two, three. <laughs> Stream crashes. Everything sets on fire. That's clearly what needs to happen tonight. Anyway. Sounds like Peacock tonight. Oh, oh. my God. Oh, we will, we, will, we will most certainly bitch about that later. <laughs> Anyway, let's t- let's talk about, number one, this match was great. Oh, God, yes. You but know, number, number Rosa. Jeez. But number two, of everything that happened between Corgan, Anthem, Dixie, and Impact, they made this work. Yes. This, well, number one, I'll, I'll really explain this, but this is how you do business, ladies so, and gentlemen. So, anyways, after the match, it was a great match. Tell us the details about this match. So, Thunder Rosa hit a snap um, cradle pile driver because she couldn't get that armbar in for a pin. After the match... Nikki James. Are you talking about Deanna Perrazzo put in the... Because you said that Thunder Rosa did it. Oh, no. That she Nikki, won. No, no. Deanna, Deanna Perrazzo retained the knockout yeah, champion. Yeah, I understand that. But yes. you said that... Oh, I'm sorry. No. Um, Thunder Rosa got hit with the snap cradle pile driver by Deanna Perrazzo. There we go. There we go. Let's talk about what happened afterwards. Mickey James came out. Mickey James and Deanna... Badass as shit. Um, Deanna Perrazzo said something amazing. Why don't you take a trash bag and get the hell out? I died. <laughs> and so here's and then, Mickey and then, James and then Mickey, then in Mickey. high heel <laughs> boots, mind you. Mickey James wearing two inch high heel boots. She does a a what was it? It was um basically Alistair Black's blackout kick in yeah. two inch high heels, badass as hell. The crowd lost their mind. I lost my mind. I, was, I lost more things in my mind, but also. It's official. The invitation was sent out to Perrazzo for to defend the Knockouts champion at Empower. And if they don't do that, that's not making pro wrestling majestic again. Right. I'm sorry. It, I'm it's sorry, just but, not. <laughs> but but Deanna Perrazzo, I mean, if she's going to lose the Impact World Champion, uh, Impact Women's Champion at this point, she is going to be losing it at that event. Right. That that pretty much is that that or the 73rd anniversary show that happens. No the night no after. no. It's not going to be the 73rd. It might be at Bound for Glory. Let's talk about Bound for Glory. Where is it going to be? It's going to be in the desert. Guess what? We live in a desert, and it yes, wasn't it's coming. A it's coming. <laughs> it's coming to Vegas. So they announced four different outside people, outside different companies, other than Impact. We're gonna have Triple A, AEW, and New Japan Pro Wrestling. New Japan Pro Wrestling, and I think I saw NWA in there. I could be wrong. No, I think it was it wasn't ROH. It wasn't ROH. No, I, th- I thought it was NWA. No, I thought it was. I thought it was just the four. I thought it was Impact. 
I could be New wrong. Japan, Triple A, and AEW. I'll, I'll have to look Anyways, at it again. It looks like it's going to be kind of a super card sort of thing for Battle for Glory, which I'm perfectly okay we with. We already have tickets to SummerSlam, and trust me, I have insurance on this. I paid additional like 30 bucks for SummerSlam. We're going. So don't even... Our tickets did not get hashtag canceled. This is true. It didn't. Or um, glitched out. So, so anyway. anyways, we are going to be right. well, at SummerSlam, but we so are also planning on being at... At um, Bound for Glory. Absolutely. So, yes, um, Deanna Perrazzo is going to be there, hopefully. That will be sweet. And especially with Triple A. Hopefully it will be sweet. It will be sweet. And especially with the double title match in August before um, the double title match with the Reina de Reina's champion. Right. Um, that will just add the additional benefit of that. Right. So, you never know what's going to happen there. Anyway, let's go on to the main event. Main event, no disqualification for the Impact World Champion, Kenny Omega versus Sammy Callahan. Holy fuck. This was a brutal hell of a main event. It was so much fun to watch. It was. Um, the one thing was, is that Peanut Gallery pointed this out, and I'm going to have to agree with him. They made this no, no, no disqualification to hide the injuries of Omega. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately... It's still blatant. He's right. hurting. So him retaining the title was not the right call. And we'll, I will most certainly bitch about that when we make Pro Wrestling Majestic again. After this very segment, in fact. Exactly. Um, it was just, I mean, it was a really good match. Callahan really carried this. Oh, I, yeah. think, I think Callahan was the main carrier of this match. Well, the nose qualification match, Kenny Omega is not used to that shit. Right. And Callahan obviously built his career around it. I just I, I just really wish he won this. I'm I sorry. Hey. Um but it's like, okay, at this point, who can you do? So Omega hit so he put Omega put tax in um Sammy Callahan's mouth, hit the running knee yep. to him, D -trigger. the D trigger, and then hit one wing angel onto tax for additional umph. One, two, three, Omega retained. After that, Bullet Club logo goes on. Jay White's music hits. Jay White. Who comes out with his never open weight champion. People still still confirming that the Forbidden Door no longer exists at this point. It is also, also the crowd I think the crowd's reaction really gave credence to what was happening. Jado and Gato are thoroughly being fucked right, but at the by, same, by at, um, Scott Damore. Right, but at the same time, it was stunned silence. It was. Look, you could hear a pin drop. It was amazing. And they ended it right as someone attacked somebody. Somebody we attacked. Never... We have no idea who it was. And they just ended it, and I'm so excited. God damn it, Slammiversary nailed it. Absolutely nailed it this year. All right. Well, when we come back, we're going to talk about making Pro Wrestling Majestic again. And we're going to make Impact Wrestling and Slammiversary and all these companies and my scattered mind Majestic again. Jesus. All right. So we're not only going to make Impact Wrestling and Slammiversary Majestic again, but we're going to make Pro Wrestling Majestic again. Or er, Impact Wrestling. Peanut Gallery. Let's talk about the opening match. Fire and Flava, Havoc and Rosemary, what do you got? How are you going to make this majestic again? Let's talk about the fact that NWA is bringing back the women's tag team champions. They never had a women's tag team champions. They did back in the 70s. No, they did not. They did. They did not. The NWA did, yes. No, they did not. They did. They did not. 
<laughs> it actually was transferred to the WWF. Yeah, but it was not. It, they were. Tra- you know what? I'm not going to argue. They were the NWA Women's Tag Team Champions. Nope. They were in existence until like 1979. You really want to have me with this, brah? Wrong. <laughs> Actually, I don't know. It, it, today's just been one of those why, days why, where why I'm you not look it up? It. Because I'm Because I'm not going to sit here and bitch about it. You should have had your shit down here. It's upstairs. Well, I don't need to have my shit down here anyways. So anyway, this match, it was exactly where it needed to be on the pre-show. I don't know what you can do. I feel like them bringing back these titles was a mistake. I'm sorry. They do not have enough people to go for these titles. Yeah. Now, maybe with the inclusion of the NWA Women's Tag Team Champions, maybe. But at the same time, how are you going to do that? You're going to have another Women's Tag Team Champions where just have a Women's Tag Team Champions that span between AEW, um, Impact Wrestling, NWA, AAA, all of these different places instead of the knockouts in the NWA. You're going to oversaturate the market, and they're already doing that. I don't. I. I, I don't think so. But anyways, I'm, I'm sorry. This is my. These are my personal opinions, so people don't bitch. Anyway, um, I had somebody saying that our representation, saying that um, Jonathan Gresham being the best representative of the pure division was a mistake. But it's like it's an opinion. This is an opinion. Unfortunately, our opinions are right. Anyway. <laughs> Let's talk about where our opinions are, should have been right. Omega should have lost this belt. He, If he is as injured as he claims to be, he should have dropped the belt to fucking Kenny fucking... Not Kenny Omega. Sammy fucking Callahan. He... Is not, he, is, he is not finessing as he usually does. He is trying his best, but you can tell. Kenny Omega needs some time to heal. Give him like six months. The wrestling industry will be fine without him. I understand. They're trying their best to compete with WWE because of Reigns. I get it. You've already time, competed with the WWE, and you're doing fantastic. Omega's back is injured. His knees are injured. If you continue, you want him to walk out on a stretcher and have him vacate all the titles? I'd right. rather not. Right. And, you know, we had this same thing. So we actually talked about this earlier about McGregor's... Um, hyperextension in his legs. You're going to have another situation like this if you continue it. Unless Omega's injuries are not as bad as what I've heard. Unless they're not that bad. He's doing stem cell therapy, and he's saying he's feeling better, but at the same time, it's still not his finesse. He needs a rest. And him dropping this belt right now at Slammiversary to somebody who has Find Impact Wrestling for the last, what, four years? Sammy like Callahan Sammy is one of the best characters in, in the history of, now, of wrestling. If, if you wanted me to be personally speaking, it should have been Moose too. It should have been Moose. It should have been Moose. But if given the same circumstances, Callahan should have been the guy. Oh, yeah. Because then Omega did not lose in a pure wrestling match. He lost in a no DQ match. So Callahan would have had the belt. Omega could, you know, could have taken the right. rest from that fucking schedule, being their world title holder. Right. I mean, it's we're doing this not saying against because at, at some point Kenny Omega at, is, at, at, at some point in time a person's health um, takes precedence over business, right. and that right now that's what's going on here. 
I mean, it is. I'm sorry. Right, it is. Anyway, I can't do anything about this. They built There's this nothing. Perfectly. This is a perfect. They they built they. It built was a this great perfectly. way. It was a great way to establish new rivals for the division as um, well. They had a five way match where it ended in a draw, where all of them had all of right. the. They had all of the same credibility to go for this title, and they did it great. Perfect placement of the match, perfect timing of pretty much everything. Yep. There were there were some fuck ups. Um, with Ace Austin and um, I think it was uh, Chris Bay with a cutter. Hmm? That one was a little fucked up. But I'll give some. That's obviously just like one itty bitty mistake in a match that was very good. Everybody looked awesome in oh, this yeah. match. Um, crowd was hot for it. I can't really say anything bad about it. Nope. Um, Josh Alexander, I think. Here's my thing. Josh Alexander, I believe, has gone away from the North as a team. He has be, he has come into yeah, his own. He has, he has come into his own. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. This one was kind of weird for me. Once again, I, I was going to bitch about this, so Bad. I'm going to now. They are doing moose dirty right now. Oh, God, yes. The thing is. But, I like but, a, what, if, what, if, but what if? What if this is moose saying in the future that he becomes the mega heel because he knows that he's being screwed. Maybe, but at the same time, okay, I like Chris Saban. I really do. I do too. And honestly, with this win, he is the next logical right. contender for Chris, Bound for Chris Glory. Saban, Chris Saban deserves and especially a, a world title match. Especially a TNA original like Saban. He's, he's, I, he's not going to get it at Bound for Glory. I think he should. He's he's not going to. I wish he would. He's, he's, it's not going to happen. Of, of, any, of anybody to go for the Impact World Champion Bound for Glory, Chris Saban is the most logical choice right but now. But it's not going to happen. Unfortunately, it probably It's going to be an Impact Plus special. If you want this shit to just be... Like, just like the Jay White. The Jay White match is going to happen right. on Impact, the 31st. Right. Impact Wrestling, if you want this shit to be majestic again, you're going to put Chris Saban in for the world title of Bound for Glory. You're not going to use this bullshit Impact Plus bullshit. Because you know and I know nobody watches it. Anyway. That's true. I don't watch it. Right. If you want to do something with Omega and White, great. Book that and, for the and, Impact Plus because and, it will get more subscriptions. And if you want us to watch it, we're more than happy to take your Patreon money. We'll take Patreon money or if Impact Wrestling wants to hire us for some common sense fucking wrestling, just let us fucking know. Right. We're not racist like Cornette. Anyway. Or like, um, well, D'Lo Brown's not racist, but... D'Lo, D'Lo Brown's awesome. What are you talking about? D'Lo Brown is the bee's knees. Right. He's the bee's knees to the knees. Anyway. Um, Nation of Domination. Anyway, um, the match itself was fine. I thought it told a good story, but at the same time, Chris Saban winning, I just feel like with Moose, they're really devaluing him. All right. All right, here we go. Um, I was kind of disappointed. I was, I was, here's the thing. Let's talk about this in general. I like, I like, I like Thunder Rosa. Don't get me wrong. So number one, she follows me on Twitter. Number two, I think she's really hot. Number three, I think if they maybe had a little more of a teaser, I would have cared. But at the same time, I just... So I will counter that by saying that, <laughs> yes, that's awesome. Yes, she is yummy as Candyland. Number three, I'm kind of... You know, I don't know if I'm disappointed by... I'm taking away your mind. I don't know if I'm disappointed <laughs> by the fact that Tiger Heights took away my wine <laughs> or if I'm disappointed by the fact that 
Did you feel like the the debuts were a little underwhelming compared to last year? I will say there is that because they weren't as obvious. So so who did we get for debuts? We got Chelsea Green. Right. We have um, Aiden well, English. It was, well, yes, Aiden English. So that was the other thing. Um, they had like um, the drama king, like um, welcome back to the king, but it right. had drama on the top. I'm like, that's Aiden English. Nobody Obviously, you have no way. It was no way, Jose. And that, one, that one was cool. I will say a lot of these surprises were more surprising, but at the same time, we kind of know who was going to win. So I feel like the surprises. Right. Were like, so who cares? I mean, it's kind of a double-edged sword for me. And, and I think this also, is a good. Okay, okay, with this one especially, yeah. you had Thunder Rosa wrestling the match, but then immediately after, you had Mickey James. Thunder Rosa has never wrestled in this company ever. Right. This was supposed to be Mickey James. It was. Because Mickey James is a former knockouts champion. Yep. She's already wrestled here. Thunder Rosa has never been exposed to this audience. And, and, and people you know, like, and you know oh, why? Oh, they're all the same. No, there is a difference between Impact, AEW, and NWA You know fans. why? Because Mickey James is still under 90 day. I'm aware of this, but she still did appear. She still did a move. Do you think that still combats that? No. No, right. no, because Mickey James' contract specifically stated that she can make appearances for the company, but she cannot mm. compete. Oh, I see how this rolls. So if if Mickey James was allowed to compete, she would have competed. Do you know when her ninety day is up? By the way. Oh God, when was she released? Like sometime in May. I think so. So it'll be sometime in August. So here's the thing. She is not going to be. Uh, she is not going to be competing at Empower. No, because she's she producing is, that. But she is competing at the seventy third anniversary show. Like that's already confirmed. I see some Mickey James versus Deanna Perrazzo for double gold because Deanna Perrazzo is going to win double gold at fucking Trouble Mania. You forgot what the name of that brand was. For right about three <laughs> seconds, I forgot. I, I just kind of know when Peanut Gallery's, like, um, his uh, crank said, like, stopped working entirely. <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, I did like the match. I feel like it was a little overwhelming because then you had Mickey James come out, and that kind of devalued, like, the thing of Thunder Rosa right. being on this show. Um, okay. Number one, I thought them adding No Way to this match was a very good idea. His name, his, his name was No I said, Way. I said No Way. I know. I did not say No, no Way. It's okay. It's okay. You don't have to say No Way. H. J. Whatever. <laughs> Apparently, Peanut Gallery does not know how to spell. Um, this one, so I like the buildup. I thought they did an okay-ish job with yeah. the buildup. Number one, I thought feel like they probably should have told what was going on with TJP because a lot of people were more concerned about it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, that's an invasion of privacy. Yeah, but people are more so of like, we just want to make sure that he's okay. Because why? If he was just taken off because he was taken off, that's stupid. Right. It's like, okay, for a surprise, that's retarded. If You could have done that so much better. Right. I mean, if you were going to do that, something like that, I would have said... Oh, Violent Design, Violent by Design, attacks um, TJP during the pre-show. He's taken out of the match. Falaba has to find the new person. Right. That would have been a much better thing than TJP is just mysteriously gone two days before the event, worrying everybody. Right. And then doing this because he did have a match a couple of days ago with MLW. Right. 
So why did he, why was he taken off of this? A lot of people are concerned about right. that. So um, I thought that, I mean, it was kind of a cluster, but at the same time, you know, spot fest, tag team, whatever. It was fine. Right. I liked it. Um, there wasn't really much I could have changed other than that, to mm -hmm. be honest with you. I thought they did an okay job with this. This was awesome. It was a good match. Um, I think this really established W. Morrissey as, like, the next big guy. Oh, yeah. To take out the heart and soul of Impact Wrestling, despite them having Chris Saban, whatever, it's fine. Um, or James Storm, whatever, it's fine. It's not like they're originals or anything. Or Eric yeah. Young, oh, whatever, it's fine. It's fine. Eddie, anyway. Eddie Edwards, he's, he's the proverbial loser, so we'll just keep it at that. He's like your nice little workhorse that just continues to lose. Looks like a total asshole. Yeah. I don't know why this guy's popular. He's just, I don't know. He's Eddie Edwards. He's a good wrestler, right. but he just never felt he, he special. To he me. has the charisma of a pin. He really does. Now him as a heel, I like heel Eddie Edwards. Oh yeah, like crazy Eddie Edwards is awesome. But then he churned babyface, and he's kind of lame. No one cares about him. Right. Exactly. W Now, W. Morrissey has charisma up the ass now. Right. It's tall Edge. Right. Jesus. He looks like Edge. He looks like Edge, but he works awesome. Mm -hmm. Really plays to that. He is explosive and fast. Yep. His promos are excellent. He looks physically amazing. And, I mean, honestly, if if I was going to sign anybody and build a company around him, W. Morrissey would make pro wrestling majestic again. Right. Anyways, let's move on to the next match because I feel like we're saying we're welcome. Nope. Okay. Myers Dashwood. So it's all about it was all about Myers. Why? What? I don't understand the point. I literally it was did not all understand about Myers the point. and Cardona. That's it. That's all it was. There was no point of Dashwood and Chelsea Green to be in there other no. than to have Chelsea Green in there. That was it. That was pretty much it. Yep. This match this was, was not making pro wrestling majestic again. Not at all. Zero. But I you're gonna have you're gonna have Myers and Cardona. If, if you if you wanted something really cool with this. With the heated rivalry with Cardona and Myers, because they had a great, they have a great rivalry. I would have, I would have, I would have done, I would have done something cool like false count anywhere, hardcore, um, unsanctioned fight. That's what I would have done. They're, done they're saving that for back glory. So awesome. So um, I think that was, I think that's actually it. So that's how you fucking make this shit majestic again. So when we come back, peanut gallery. We're going to have an open-ended discussion about the King of the Mountain match. We are. All right, so we are back. Peanut Gallery, we're doing heckling. Right. So there was a very interesting set of events. So obviously most people know that the King of the Mountain match has been a very um, very well-known staple of Slammiversary. Um, and for many years, it's kind of defined the Slammiversary event in general up until 2010 to 2011. Then they started taking it out. So recently, Moose did an interview with a, a news station based out of the Tampa, Florida area talking about the Slammiversary show, um, the not Slammiversary Team show, Mountain. Um, the no place like home before before the pandemic happened there was going to be this uh, TNA events which we had tickets to but we won't no we didn't have tickets to that one 
That was that was TNA's No Place Like Home. That was going to take place in Tampa before WrestleMania 36. Oh, that's right. I was I was thinking I was thinking past versus present for Ring of Honor. Um, So Moose said in an interview at around that point in time that the plan was to bring back the um, King of the Mountain Mountain match. He never announced who was going to be a part of the match, but the match was going to be for the TNA World Heavyweight Championship. It was okay. Now, obviously, the pandemic kind of put a monkey wrench into things like it did everything else in our lives back in 2020. Right. And the match never happened. So I want to talk about some of the pros and the cons about bringing back a possibility of having the King of Mountain match. And if the King of Mountain match were going to happen at this past do you want to do you want to give some context of what a king of the mountain match yeah, is before I will. this? Go yeah. ahead. And 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 the only thing I want to say is if King of the Mountain match happened on Saturday, who would you have in the King of the Mountain match? Okay. So, King of the Mountain match is a reverse ladder match whereby you start the match not with a title at the very top, but your goal of the match is to put the title at the top. You um you qualify for this. You qualify for putting the title up there by pinning another competitor. So if you were a participant in the King of the Mountain match, your goals were to number one, pin another individual to the to, count of to three quali- to qualify to, to qualify take the title up there. And then you go out of the ring, you grab the belt, and then you take it up before the other competitors. Are able to also if you are you from also if so. you are pinned you go into like a penalty box for two minutes right yes so there is penalty box that is that is, that is important because that's a big right. portion of the concept of the match so so it's kind of a it's a reverse ladder match with a sense of kind of uh, capture the flag of, element right. into it of all of TNA's matches that they've done this one is by far my favorite oh yeah and so I think it's interesting for me to kind of see like. Whether or not King of the Mountain is would be a worthy match to bring back, so, I think I think it would, one hundred percent. I think there are some. I'm 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 going to play devil's advocate here and say that's not okay. The biggest thing for me to not bring it back is because it has the TNA moniker attached to it, and I think okay. that impact is. I mean, I don't know. Impact and TNA, they're really trying to play this sort of tiddly-fucking game going on. They, they play around with it because they obviously have that library. But the thing is, it's not called TNA, King of the Mountain. Right. There's no TNA in there. It's called King of the Mountain. Here's where I would say would be a better argument for not bringing it back because of the Jeff Jarrett right. Um tie-in it's not tna it's jeff jarrett oh really okay who was whose nickname in tna was the king of the mountain so if they were gonna bring back this match the concept of the match i love and there are people who don't so i love what they would they have to um they'd have to change the name i would i would change the name of it what would you call it would you call a reverse ladder match no I would, I would, I would make it. I would name it something very similar, maybe something maybe similar to King of the Mountain, um, because I mean I understand why. Because you know, reverse ladder match, you're trying to climb up to the top and get to the top of it. I think it's a really good idea. The personally. Pinnacle of Impact. That'd be a cool one. Yeah. 
the pinnacle of impact. Um, obviously, I did not think about that right off the top of my head. Uh, like I do, because I'm a genius and a scholar. Well, you're a lot better about those um, word vernaculars than I am. Uh, um, so, so anyways, there are obviously some pros and cons. Can you think of anything else? I mean, you know, we can... I mean, during the pandemic, I understand something like that, I think, requires a little bit of a higher stage set and everything like that. Right. So, I mean, I think just in general, they weren't doing a lot of ladder matches because of the fact the Skyway Studio is a little bit lower ceiling. Right. Um, maybe maybe when they bring back um, Bound for Glory, they could do something like that right. because with all of these other companies being involved, there's clearly going to be a uh, much bigger concept. But they did fucking Ultimate right. X totally fine, so I wouldn't to be right. I wouldn't I wouldn't think there would be any issue of doing a and, King of the Mountain and Skyward. Right. And and I I wonder I wonder if the reason that they took out King of the Mountain was because of that association with Jeff Jarrett, now that you're thinking about it, because they took it out, what, 2010, 2011, right? That was right. about the time of the Hulk Hogan era. Right. Um, and, then, and then Jeff Jarrett was having his personal issues right. as well. But he did return, and they made the King of the Mountain Championship. They did. Um, after Jarrett had his issues and all of that stuff. And and do you so, think do you think that the King of the Mountain Championship has something to do with the fact that they never continued the King of the Mountain match? No, I don't think so. Yeah. I think the King of the Mountain Championship was just a placeholder secondary belt for them for right. more heavyweights because they really wanted to make the X division a X division champion, right. not a no limits, doesn't matter the way, just really good wrestling, high flying thing. Right. Because the majority of the people who held the X division champion were generally going to be smaller, quicker individuals. Right. So I want to I want to come back to this too because obviously Money in the Bank happened this year, which is another multi man ladder style match. It's not like that happened. Fucking what thirty minutes ago, right? An hour ago. So, but anyways, I want to talk about that because I I think that. It's it, there's a market for King of the Mountain a a multi man ladder match to take place. I just I think that there is a market for it. King of the Mountain, if you want me to be totally honest with you, was way ahead of its time. Oh yeah. Um, of all the ideas that they've done, they did reverse battle royals, which is convoluted. This match itself, there's a lot going on with it, but I feel like there was enough structure where it made it work. It made sense. It made sense. It made it work. So because uh, so think about it. If if you're the guy being pinned by the other, it's, 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 your it's, entire goal is to ensure that that person does not get up the ladder. But you're stuck in this cage for two minutes. Right. And um, the thing was is that you are not ineligible to pin somebody else after you are eligible to go up. Right. There. You could sit there and pin somebody 10, 15 times. Right. To put them in that penalty box for two minutes. Um, if it was up to me, I probably wouldn't have the penalty box concept in the first place personally, because we're already injured enough to where they're not going to get up immediately. That's true. I would have personally set up to match to where hit a big move, hit something big, or do a tap out with like the leg where they couldn't get up for two minutes. Make the penalty not an obvious penalty. Right. So, um, but you know, memorable moments with money or um, with King of the Mountain. It's one of my favorite matches. Yeah. I've always loved King of the Mountain. So I think we're both in agreement that King of the Mountain should kind of be. A it, it should it should be there, but it shouldn't be called King of the Mountain. Right. All right. So if you were to do a King of the Mountain match today, like like say, well, not today, literally, but like this past weekend, 
your King of the Mountain match, because I also think that King of the Mountain match would have been a perfect match for Kenny Omega to lose his Impact title. Right. At, because he does not have he could, to be he could, he, could, he could lose without losing. Right. Um, who, who in your mind... Would be the six? Uh, was it usually five or six people that are in that? It match? was five, five people. So who would be your five people in that match? Easy, absolutely easy. Kenny Omega, Sammy mm-hmm. Callahan, W. Morrissey, Eddie Edwards, Moose. I all right. Well, I think that you just stole the words out of my mouth. <laughs> There's really nobody else that I could think of that's on the Impact roster. Who I mean, if you really wanted me to. Um, you know, maybe even put somebody else in there. I would take out Edwards and put in Saban. Right. And but see, I think I think I think Saban personally, I feel like his moment should be one on one. Right. Um, that's just me, and that's why I would say give the belt to like a Callahan or a Moose where they face Edwards at Bound for Glory and do it that way. That's how you make right. that shit majestic again. But um, the thing is, is that all of these people represent not only a different style, but they have every right to say that they are the number one contender yeah. for this um, specific champion. Um, with Callahan being like that de facto savior, big time player, because really right. Callahan really did save a big portion of oh, his yeah. division when it was at its lowest. Um, with um, either Edwards or Saban, those are your workhorse wrestlers who really um, epitomize what impact is. Moose was like that one guy who just can't get there, and I feel like he should have gotten there. Um, with W. Morrissey, future. He is the future mm-hmm. of the company in Omega because he is the current champion. Um, there is not really anybody else that I could theoretically replace Morrissey, Moose, or Callahan with no i just i can't see it and i i i'm gonna wholeheartedly agree with you on that but um you know other than that i just thought it was interesting because they were gonna bring it back pandemic happened never happened now but now now here, here's the question with everything opening back up and having crowds back and obviously with the um sp- partnerships with some of the bigger companies like AEW and triple do you believe we will see this match come back in some way, shape, or form? Yes, but I don't know how. I don't know what the stipulation would be, and I don't know why. Okay. I need to know what the stipulation well, now, is first. Well, now when we go into wrestling lesson, I might be able to answer that question. So we'll get to that once we come back from our break. Absolutely. But before we go into it, I want to leave an open-ended question for anybody who's listening to this. In the comments, wherever you're watching this, I want to hear from you. Do you believe the King of the Mountain match should come back? Who would be your participants? When would it be? And what would it be for? Yep. So leave those down below. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the history of Slammiversary. So we are back. And with Pina Gallery talking about an open-ended discussion regarding the... Um, regarding the King of the Mountain match, I want to talk about the pay-per-view that that was the signature of, and I'm talking about Slammiversary. So, the history of Slammiversary is very interesting because Slammiversary was always the anniversary of the first show of TNA when it was a weekly pay-per-view back in 2002. There were two 
pay-per-views before when it became Slammiversary that are not chronologically Slammiversaries, but they're around the same time and they have the same spirit, so they are technically Slammiversaries. TNA's first anniversary show is technically, if, if you want to go extremely technical, that was the first anniversary show on June 19th, 2002. This show would not be known until 2005 as Slammiversary. Uh, the show's main story, if you really want to go this throwback, the main event was, or the main feud, the storyline of the feud was Jeff Jarrett and Sting versus Sports Entertainment Extreme. Holy fuck. S-E-X, which was run by Vince Russo. Yeah! Now, the main event of this show was Jeff Jarrett and Sting versus AJ Styles and Six-Pac. Now, um, Six-Pac did come out later and admitted that he was high on heroin during this match. Nice. But this was the longest match on this card, clocking in at 11 minutes and 50 seconds. Nice. That was the longest match on that card. Now, the thing was is that I'm showing this graphic because at this time— uh, TNA were running their weekly pay-per-view. So they did not have specific graphics for each weekly pay-per-view. Right. This was just their anniversary show. The second show, the second anniversary show in 2004, um, which is technically not a Slammiversary, but it has the name in its moniker of Slammiversary. So it was, and it wasn't a Slammiversary. It wasn't until later on in the lineage that they considered this Slammiversary right. 2004. So it was 2003 because the original show was on June 19th. They had one, I think it was like in June 15th of 2003. And then this is Slammiversary or TNA second anniversary show in 2004. Even with the COVID-19 pandemic, there has never been a year that there has not been a Slammiversary. Nice. Ever. Uh, Slammiversary 2005, which is the first chronologically recognized Slammiversary show. So this is the logo. And now keep in mind of what the logo is pretty much now. They have not really gone actually outside right. of that curvature um, logo. So that it's really been that same thing. And yeah, it says the third year anniversary showdown because that's really what it was called. Right. So this was the first. So this was the first King of the Mountain match that was on a Slammiversary. There was one King of the Mountain match. Right. But that happened, at a, that happened at a weekly pay per view. Yes. Well, this was still technically part of the weekly pay per view. Oh, that's right. Mm -hmm. Now. This was not only the second ever King of the Mountain, but this was the debut of Samoa Joe in a King of the Mountain match, where he became a regular occurrence in a King of the Mountain match. Right. The first King of the Mountain match happened on the 97th weekly pay-per-view on June 2nd, 2004, where Jeff Jarrett won the NWA 
world heavyweight champion from the defending champion Ron the Truth Killings, mm-hmm. AJ Styles, Raven, and Chris Harris. Jesus. Oh, yeah. Now, speaking of anniversary, let's talk about, obviously, the King of the Mountain match. Because that is the signature match of this show. Or it was. I mean, well, it was. Um, it was a reverse five-man ladder match, which was usually contested for either the NWA World Heavyweight Champion when they had the exclusive rights to use the championship, or the TNA World Heavyweight Champion when they changed it right. over in, I think, like, what, 2000... 2007. 2007. Jesus Christ, has it really been that long? Yeah. Oh, I still remember the episode. Anyway, <laughs> I do. <laughs> Fuck. Well, that's a that's a scary and depressing realization Just during shut the up show. And drink. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, between 2005 and 2009, the main event of Slammiversary was a King of the Mountain match. Over the course of the 17 events of Slammiversary, and that's including the anniversary shows and the 2021 shows, there have only been Seven King of the Mountain matches. The 2009 Slammiversary is the only event to this date to have two different King of the Mountain matches. Nice. They had one for the X Division and one for the TNA World Heavyweight Champion. And um, obviously the match debuted on June 2nd, 2004, when they were still doing their weekly pay-per-views. And basically, this match was featured up until 2010's edition, where they kind of dropped it. And the match made its return in 2015, when they announced the TNA King of the Mountain champion. Now, at this time, Jeff Jarrett was back in the fold. Right. And he was um, obviously in the match where I don't even think the World Heavyweight Champion was on the line. I think that was the main event. And Jeff Jarrett won the King of the Mountain champion where he retired Nick. Um, with that championship. Um, he won the line and the inaugural champion of that. Now, with this, we've had a lot of memorable moments with this. Um, some of the first matches with Samoa Joe and Kurt Angle happened at Slammiversary. Some of the biggest matches of that happened at Slammiversary. Um, and we've had lethal lockdowns at Slammiversary. We've had a ton of different matches at this event. Yeah. But the thing is, is that you do have to give some sort of credence to Jeff Jarrett because he was one of the main draws, um, especially around Slammiversary at that time. And And then King of the Mountain is just so iconic. I mean, you think King of the Mountain, the first thing you think of is is Slammiversary. You think of TNA, you think of Slammiversary. And it's like, I mean, Jeff Jarrett really only appeared in a handful of those King of the Mountain right. matches, despite it being named after him. And really, I think, well, number one, you know, we've been watching TNA forever. Like, we have watched Yeah, no, TNA. I, re- I remember, actually, um, we used to watch it um, when, our, when we were living with our parents still. I remember that episode where they switched over to the new titles because we were at Mom's house at the time. Remember that? Yep, I do remember that. It, yeah. was always, it was always when we were at Mom's house because that would happen on Thursday. Yep, and it was in the loft, and we were watching TV up there. Yep, I remember that. Yep. Um, so the thing was is that with, especially with, like, TNA, we, I mean, we've been watching it forever. I mean, since like two thousand, what, eight? 
actually set actually six seven. Yeah, it's been six. I think uh, my earliest episode I can remember is two thousand six. Yeah, two thousand six. I remember um when Kurt Angle debuted. Yes. Um into there. I remember I think that when, was early two thousand seven, if yes. I'm not mistaken. Um I remember I remember the big build up between um Sting and Jeff Jarrett title versus career at yeah. that year's Bound for Glory in I it was Detroit technically. Yeah. But the thing is, is that it really happened here. My it really God. happened. It really happened at with. I mean, at least in the lineage of Slammiversary yeah, of Slammiversary. It did. And you know, um, with TNA and especially now with Impact Wrestling still using the Slammiversary moniker, I can almost guarantee you we're going to see some more memorable moments. And with multiple companies being involved, we're definitely going to see more. But that's at least kind of like a brief little overview of that Slammiversary. A nice little trip down memory lane. And once again, I want to hear from you. What was your first Slammiversary experience? Did you ever go to one? Yeah. And um, what was the most memorable moment of your Slammiversary? Uh, Peanut Gallery, what was your most memorable moment of a Slammiversary? I don't remember a Slammiversary from this past year, so I don't know. Right. Um, Anyways, when we come back, we're going to discuss <laughs> another event known for their ladder matches, and that's Money in the Bank Ooh, 2021. We have, we have a lot to talk about that, so uh, stay tuned for that.
Alright, let's talk about Money in the Bank, the first WWE pay-per-view in front of a capacity crowd. In front of live fans, and for a little bit of time there, they were the only people to see a full, clear screen. <laughs> we'll talk about it here in a minute. So let's talk about our first opening contest, the Mysterios. Dominic and Rey Mysterio defending the SmackDown Tag Team Champions against the Usos. What the fuck was with their Titantron? What? The Who's? Mysterios, Titantron. Oh, yes. So, uh, did did Lucha Libre, Triple A all of a sudden get hired for their Titantron? So they were like putting on suits in pretty much the most dog shit 1990s background. I mean, ours is pretty dog shit, but theirs was like very dog shit. Um, and they went through a portal. I'm not kidding you. A portal to get into there. And then they come out. The only thing they were missing were some fucking crystal skulls. Mick. It was just garbage. But this match was fucking awesome. Like capital F fucking awesome. The near falls were spectacular. The crowd was so into it. And everyone worked awesome. And at the end of the day, it was it was a roll-up where one of the Usos basically like pushed the other one by the butt into more of a deeper pin. Yeah, that's the, true. For the Usos to win the match and their seventh SmackDown, or at least their seventh tag team champions. I think five of them were SmackDown, two of them were Raw. Yes. Um, it was it was a fantastic match. It was. It was a good opener. It was an awesome opener. <sighs> and this was a pre-show match. Right. This wasn't even the fucking opener. Like, goddamn. So, our opening contest was the women's Money in the Bank ladder match. Alexa Bliss, Nikki, Ash, Liv or Morgan. ASH. ASH, whatever. Liv Morgan, Naomi, Asuka, Natalia, Tamina, and Zelina Vega. So... Number one, Zelina Vega is a traitor. Number two, Alexa Bliss's kind of new thing, and then she like strips down to like wrestling her, her gear. New, her, her new theme song is. Sorry, our um, our A app went off upstairs because we can never fucking knew her. But anyway, um, she's back in regular gear. She is not dressed as a twelve-year-old schoolgirl. Thank God. She's now dressed as a fourteen-year-old prepubescent schoolgirl who has no idea what um, Pac Sun is. I'm not sure what the implication is of that. But anyway, um, her theme- she she goes to Spencer to buy her clothing. Nick. Nick. So, um, Alexa Bliss's new theme song is dog shit. It it's is. not very good. But I like the way that her theme is going. Um, Nikki Ash, I wasn't a fan of until she won the Money in the Bank ladder match. I have, you know, there's, there's always been like something with Nikki Ash where, well, number one, I knew that this was her character. And she's really into it, so at least give her that credit. And they strapped a, I mean, obviously, okay, by now you know that she won the match. But, my God, they strap a rocket ship to her. Here's a rocket ship. Now you go, eat. Right. And, I mean, I'm sitting there saying, I mean, she was over. Over. I, I mean, the um, the entr- her entrance was dead. But as soon as she won, people lost their minds. Right. And and then also we got, of course, our favorites. We got Naomi, then the Glow, who probably right. drove her husband here. Uh, we got Naomi. Not Naomi. We got Natalia and Tamina, who are... Who are just great, solid who, workers who did a very right, good job in this who, match. Who have the charisma of a cricket. We have the traitor 
the Benedict Arnold of the wrestling industry, Zelina Vega. Just, I, I hope she does not come back. And then Liv Morgan, who was really inspiring, and right. people, people went off. Honestly, if I did not think Oscar was going to win, I thought Naomi, or uh, Liv Morgan was going to win. Right, but she Nikki, was that over. But Nikki Ash, you know, it was kind of an interesting choice. To be honest with you, I'm curious to see where they're going with it. Right, but obviously, you know, I'm I'm okay with the winner of the match. I don't I don't particularly mind it. I thought it was fine. Um, I'm just excited to see where they go with it. Yeah. I wonder when that's going to happen. But so, anyways, anyway. here's the ending of the match was all there were the six of them besides uh, besides like so. Bliss. Yes, the six of them were up there on three different little ladder things, and I then don't Nikki, learn my fucking and then Nikki Ash just climbs up ahead well, of them, like, like sneakily yeah. climbs up there, grabs it, uh, grabs a briefcase, and she won. Where six and then of, just climbs back down and just runs out of the ring. Right. And everyone else is basically still on like three different ladders. They were all fighting. It was, I thought it was a really good match. It was. Um, a, a good vi- ending. A good ending. A good it, ending sequence. It was a good ending sequence, but the match itself really flowed nice, and I mm-hmm. really liked it. I can't say anything bad about it. I can match. see Ash and Bliss going into a rivalry, though. Right. Because Bliss was the only other one that was not up there. Right, exactly. There's going to be some rivalry going into that. Anyways, let's move on to the next match. All right, so this one was kind of where I dropped the ball because I thought the Viking Raiders were definitely going to win. They were not going to win this one. This is where um, AJ Styles. So AJ Styles was over like everything, and I'm like, oh crap, I totally lost this. But the match itself was great. Omos, just uh, fantastic. Oh, Omos was great, but the Viking Raiders don't take anything away oh, from God. the Viking Raiders. Okay. Someone, someone like Ivar should not be flipping and doing cartwheels and shit at his weight. Um, I mean, this was their breakout match. It was. Right here. Um, Omas looked really great. He looked like a monster. Which is what WWE needs right now. Right. Um, AJ Styles obviously is such a gr- amazingly you can't have a You cannot have a bad AJ Styles match. Right. I mean, this match was such an amazing standout match. And honestly, people were so into it. They had, they had very close calls oh, yeah. throughout this whole match that almost got me to the edge of my seat. I have never been so... I've never been so excited. I mean, at this point, I have been, I've never been so excited for a WWE show. Ever. Right. In the in in like the last five years, not just the last year, in the last five years. Well, again, where the hell have you been? That's our theme right there. I know. Seriously, it's like shit. Where the hell has WWE been? If if they continue to do these kinds of matches, I'm going to fucking enjoy them. Wow, <laughs> heaven forbid. So just for transparency, because we totally forgot, because we're not drunk or anything like that. No, which, which we are. Um. It was a um, it was that choke bomb on Eric for Styles and Omas to retain the championships. Obviously, Omas was done doing the choke thing. Right, <laughs> AJ Styles doing a choke bomb like that. He's like a, f- a feather hitting a ba- basket full. Of I mean, kittens. I mean, he's like what five foot one <laughs> <laughs> next to Omas, who's like eight foot three, uh, eighty pounds, soaking wet with cinder blocks tied to his ankles. Right. So anyway, um, let's anyways, talk about anyways, Lashley speaking, and speaking of large black men, let's talk about Bobby Lashley. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I guess. Um, Bobby Lashley was cutting some great promos up before this match oh, on his yeah. own. Oh, yeah. Um, MVP is still with him, which I thought was kind of interesting. Yeah. I thought that was the ending of their rivalry. Um, I like Sirius Lashley. I and um, Kingston was slaughtered. He was sacrificial lamb Kofi. Yeah. He was Poor just Kofi. he was just 
destroyed. Kofi Mania 2 died in your arms at that point. Yep. It was just three dominators. There, there was, there was so much, there was so much pain and suffering going on. You might as well have thought you were at Jesus. And it was Crucifixion. like, it was like a hurt lock, and Kofi still tapped. I feel like this was kind of a thing where Kofi is this basically WWE saying Kofi Kingston will never have another opportunity at this belt, like at all. He's kind of a dork. He's kind of a loser. Fuck you, you know. Well, I guess it's time for, uh, I guess it's time for Kofi Kingston to go to the AEW. That'd be insane. That'd be so insane. I wouldn't. You know, know, you know, he'd go there. I wouldn't know how I would feel about that. All I know is that it'd be wet. But yes, I mean, Lashley, I'm already wet. Lashley won with just a hurt thinking lock. about it. Lashley won the hurt lock, and I can. I was in my mind. I'm like Goldberg is coming out, but Goldberg never came out. So I'm like, great. Nope. Didn't have to bitch. So once again, we have another absolutely. Fucking fantastic match. I was trying to figure out who the face was. Obviously, the face in this match was neither of them. It was actually Becky Lynch. Who actually, who was there but never showed up. Right. So anyways, we got Charlotte Flair. We got Ray Ripley. Fantastic match. Raw Women's Champion. Of all the matches that we have seen from them, this one was by far the best match. Yeah. Um... Ring psych- I, I, can ring- tell you, I can tell you the fans made all the difference with yep. this, too. Ring psychology was just on point. Yep. Um, it was hard hitting. Like, these women beat the crap out of each oh, other. Oh, God, yes. And this is what you wanted from this. Ray Ripley, that punk rock defending champion, Charlotte Flair, like, that final boss bitch where in a lot of it— I mean, Charlotte Flair just turned it up to another level. Right. Where you did not think that somebody as just gifted as her of doing this could get any better. This honestly could be one of my favorite Charlotte Flair matches. It could be, yeah. It was that good. I love the aggression. Oh, yeah. And she just, she looks like that aggression. She's, I, mean, I could gush at Charlotte Flair for a million years. I, I guess couldn't. you can call it ruthless aggression. It's not like her dad was one of the greatest fucking wrestlers of all time. Like, period, end of sentence. Oh, I was, I was, I was making that joke as a reference to a future match. Anyways! I don't know what you're Ruthless talking about. Ruthless aggression. I have no idea what you're talking about. John Cena. Oh, did you really? I was, <laughs> I was making a reference to a future match, and you ruined it in front of our fans. <laughs> Totally, like, lost my train of thought. There. Also, did you not realize that a fan? I'm going to kill you. <laughs> I'm so punny Um. Right anyway, now. so it was I had a, way too much wine. Th- that figure A was probably the most brutal figure A I've ever oh seen. Oh, my God. She, like, turned herself into a loop almost. Charlotte Flair, oh, pretty much, if, if Charlotte Flair really could have, she could have, like, grabbed onto her own ankle. Yeah. She was that flexible. It was insane. Anyways, Charlotte Flair won. Raw Women's Champion. Um, honestly, of all the title reigns of this, I do not mind it because of the match. Yeah, it was just spectacular. It was it was fantastic. All right, so with the okay, so we got to talk about this because you know what happened. Um, holy Peacock! Fuck. Peacock had an absolute struggle for basically entrances now luckily we did not really miss a moment of the match itself but there was a (coughs) 
There were some nice entrances that we missed out on because Peacock was being a cock. Um, Twitter blew up. Yeah. Absolutely blew up. To the point where WWE had to say something. Yeah. And to what I heard from not only the Grapevine but Peanut Gallery, McMahon was Vince McMahon is pissed. I mean, this is the third pay-per-view with Peacock. And I have heard three different times where there was a problem. Yeah, We personally never experienced an issue with Peacock until tonight. Yep. But this is egregiously bad. Oh, yeah. Like... This is like rookie stuff. This is NBC Universal. This is a multi-billion dollar company with a B. Right. Can you really say that WWE Network can stream better than a multi-billion dollar streaming service? Right. Come on. I mean, if it was like early enough, whatever, but at this point, you should have fucking have had this oh, covered. Yes. But anyway, the match itself was very good. It was, um, it was, in my opinion, it was not as memorable, I don't think, as the women's one was. Right. Um, I there, were, say, there were some good moments in it. John, but, John um, Morrison, John Morrison was the most over person in this match. Also, Ricochet. Ricochet was what awesome. What the fuck was that guy doing? Ricochet is just doing Ricochet things. That's essentially what that was. How this guy has not gotten any, like, uh, further up the cart, I'll never know. But hopefully this is signs of better things right. to come for um, the guy. The, the whole devolution of, of, um, of, uh, of uh, Seth Rollins, like, into complete... I'm, we'll talk about it later. Oh, yeah. But he is, he is going to complete utter madness. Because, of course, the winner of the match was Big, Big e. e. I was surprised about that, I was actually. surprised. But I was, um, it was a feel-good moment. I was pleasantly surprised. I right. loved it. It was great. Uh, here's my thing. I could have pretty much looked at everybody in this match, and they could have justifiably won. Right. The one that I probably would have wanted to win the least was Drew McIntyre. Right. No offense, but Drew McIntyre is already a bona fide main adventure. This thing is supposed to be like the next step. Right. Of that. Of that. Lineage. And and Big E, Big E should have been t- world champion a decade ago. But we digress. Eh, I don't know. I think he really wasn't into his own until now. Right. He really came but, out of but, his shell with but New my, Day. But my my point being is that he should have been world champion already. But Better late than never, I guess. Right, but he won. It was a feel-good moment. Yep. People lost their minds. It was a really good feel-good moment, and it was really cool to see in front of people. It was. Um, overall, and, I really enjoyed. Yep. It. All right, main event for the Universal Champion Roman Reigns versus Edge. Talk about the match first, and then we'll talk about all the shit that happened during and after the match. This match was straight up boring. It was. I was so not, and usually I like Roman Reigns matches, but there's something about these two that just did not click. It, it didn't get out of first gear. It never got out of first gear. It was just kind of weird, and you know there was a little bit of fighting there, but it was like you know at the end of the day you knew Roman Reigns was gonna win. Roman Reigns did win a big spear. Rollins came in and attacked. So Edge. yeah, so here's what, here's one we're gonna talk about the what made this match. Not only was Rollins coming in twice, 
but also the Usos trying to interfere and the Mysterios trying right. to, you know, and fighting them away. Really, but, really, really nice little taste of interference there. I will say that. I yes. did like that. And I think that's what made the match. It was not Reigns and it because, was not because, because Reigns you knew, because, and Edge. Because you knew for a fact that this match was... <laughs> You this, know this match was over, over before it started. Right. Yeah, this match was filler to set up two different matches for SummerSlam. Edge versus Rollins. And when Roman Reigns won, cut a promo, John Cena's music hit. He comes out. And the place, the, the, the arena turned into a stadium because the roof was blown off that they place. They lost their collective mind. I lost my mind. I became... Pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay then. Uh, but but John Cena, No, no, no words were exchanged. No words. But it was the best promo of the night. And you know for an absolute fact they're setting that up. And that's how you make that shit majestic again. But that was the end of the show. And when we come back, we're not only going to make WWE and Money in the Bank. And apparently we have to fucking make Peacock majestic again. But pro wrestling majestic again. All right, Peanut Gallery, let's make WWE Money in the Bank. Apparently, Peacock, we'll talk about that later. And Pro Wrestling Majestic again, let's talk about this match. I really could not have done anything differently other than Mysterio's entrance. That was annoying. Pretty much. Um, All right. I, I don't know what else to say. We're done. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I wish why, that, why, why do they want to do this to Kingston? Right? I, I don't understand why. What is wrong with Kingston? He is, he's worked with a company long fucking enough. It's not like Kofi Kingston's a small dude. He's very tall. Right. And he works really why, well. Why did you let Bobby Lashley do a squash match against Absolutely Kingston? Absolutely annihilate him. You could have done it with anybody else. Maybe even bring up somebody else to that level and give them that kind of opportunity. Kingston's already main eventer. Why did you do that to him? I mean, you just diminish his character. But at the same time, why didn't you do anything after like you did with um, Rain Cena? Right. You could have at least done something like, oh, Goldberg, Goldberg. Well, at this point, I don't know who's going to face Lashley at this point. I don't care. Because Lashley is They need it for SummerSlam. I know. They need it for SummerSlam. They need somebody else for SummerSlam because they haven't built stars. It's going to be Oldberg. Unfortunately. Fucking hate Oldberg. That's how you make pro wrestling majestic again. Unfortunately, they don't. That that is making pro wrestling boring again. It makes it twenty twenty election majestic again. Mick. It is it is making it Saudi Arabia majestic again. Makes Arizona audit majestic again. Anyway, so I literally couldn't have done better. I think everybody in here was justified of winning it. Um, the pacing was really well. And but, 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 let's talk about Peacock. Ah, what a fucking Peacock. This was inexcusable. Inexcusable. All right, who's the intern that tripped over the wire? I don't know what happened. Because that's literally what happened. Someone tripped over the wire. Something, I I, I can't tell. There, There was an intern that tripped over the wire. It was the worst day of their lives. McMahon is irate. Oh, of course he is. And this is embarrassing for... Honestly, at this point, I cannot even blame WWE. This was all Peacock. No, it was. Because the, guess what? Internationally, um, all of this stuff was working totally right. fine. This was a Peacock problem. 
And unfortunately, with um, being in America, there wasn't an option for a difference. Um, Unless you were doing ESPN illegal. Right. Well, I even tried. I couldn't find anything. And we actually looked of um, doing a uh, person who was doing a third-party stream on it. Right. And we, I mean, it, it was working by the time I got down here to the studio yep. and started to work on it. But at the same time, and it was during entrances, but once again, you miss that. You miss those moments of somebody coming out, you know, that kind of specialty. And, right. And you, with, missed, you missed Rick Boogs doing his right, whole and, and, entrance with... With the guitar King Nakamura. and everything. You missed... Um, Drew McIntyre coming out with the sword all of a sudden. I don't know why. And with that... I'm not sure if you saw the it. The sword of the Loch Ness Monster. Also, I'm not sure if you saw it, but during the entrance, there was like pretty much a piece of cardboard that was put up and painted to look like a rock. I'm not sure if you saw it. No. It was... And that's what Drew McIntyre is doing with it. He's putting it in this thing of rock and it looks... Dog shit. It's really bad. Is it like cart? No, it's painted horribly. It's so bad. Look it up after. It's really bad. Um, you miss Kevin Owens. You miss, you know, John Morrison, who is very over. Yeah. You miss a lot of this. And once again, with wrestling, everything matters. Entrance. You, gear. You, you even miss like the pre-entrance where they had interaction. They, between... they, had, they had skits with um, Boone and Riddle and... All of this where it could have been really funny, and I heard it actually was really funny. You miss that personality. You miss that additional depth of feel. And I think that kind of ruined the match for me. Right. I felt It felt kind of sour for me, and it was all Peacock's fault. This was all Peacock. Fuck the cock. I mean, well, hold on. Fuck the bird. Fuck you. Why does everything with a bird suck? Birds are terrible. They should all be blown fuck, out of the sky. And fuck raped. the owl. Right. Anyway... Um, okay. Speaking of fucking owls, let's talk about Paul Heyman. Mm. Okay. I want to make this very clear. This match was boring. I did not care one bit. We did not know of the chemistry between Reigns and Edge until this match. Because, I, because the only other time they interacted was with Daniel, Daniel Bryan. Bryan involved. Daniel Bryan carries matches. That's just his... Thing. Roman Reigns is awesome. Edge is awesome. But this is just a situation where two guys just don't click. And it happens a lot. It does. And luckily, with the ending of this, with Cena coming out, you know Reigns and Cena have a chemistry. Right. And you know this match is going to be nothing right. but just beautiful. Like be fantastic. If you don't go out of there pregnant, there's something wrong with you. I mean, are you <laughs> kidding me? I'm already pregnant. Just thinking about the match, Nick. Um, but anyway, um, the match was boring. It really was. I really can't do anything to save it. Um, I guess at the same time, Edge did win the Royal Rumble. He needed at least the one-on-one. It was fine. I can't really say anything bad about it. Um, same so, thing. Okay. So problem is, is that how can you not have a perfect match between these two? Their this chemistry was, is awesome. This was the best match that they have had. Oh, like, yeah. Of all the matches. WrestleMania, um, the one with In Your House with Io Shirai, mm -hmm. uh, their match last, um, even with Hell in a Cell, even though I lost. Right. Or even though I, even though I won some bullshit. God bless it. 
Um, this one just length, pacing, facial expressions, brutality, everything. I was disappointed that Becky Lynch did not come out. I feel like it would have been a feel-good moment overall with the fans. They chanted, we want Becky, but I feel like it was shut down quickly because the match was so great. And and the crowd could not right. do anything. They couldn't. You cannot go against this match. It was that good. God, it was spectacular. And once again, once again, another Spec- absolutely yeah. spectacular match. Even though the Viking Raiders lost this match, they lost it with pretty much the best match they I have think, had. I think this is a Viking experience's best match in the WWE. By a mile. By an absolute mile. And this of course, is, I called them the Viking experience on purpose. Because it's a Viking experience. Exactly. Because they trended. Um, Omas, I will say, um, he can take some bumps. I kind of wish he went off of his feet a little bit more. Right. Um, I feel like it really could have given credence to the Viking, um, ex- uh, the Viking experience. The might, Viking as well just call experience. Him, might as well just call them at this point. Um, I feel like it would have given more credence to them as a team. And I felt like they were just, everyone was on point. Right. This was an on point match. And this is what happens when you make pro wrestling majestic again. You get great matches like you this. You get AJ Styles carrying that team, but it's no fault. And once them. again, I feel, okay. This is probably this was the this was definitely the strongest of the two Money in the Bank ladder matches. Mm-hmm. I could even say this is probably one of the strongest women's Money in the Bank ladder matches that I've ever seen. Probably, actually, you know what? This one was the best women's Money in the Bank ladder match I've ever seen. Ooh, you're gonna go that far? I think I am because it started in 2017. 20, yeah, 2017, something like that. And then they fucked up. With they fucked it up, so they had to do it again because there was Carmella's and you know with James Ellsworth. Yeah, the twenty eighteen, yeah the twenty nineteen, which was Oscar or not Oscars. Um, I can't remember who won it. Anyway, um, and then yeah, twenty twenties, which I did like, and I thought they did a really good job, but it wasn't like your traditional. But this one, there was just something about it. There was a magic about like different people in this match. That really kind of came together in, in, a, in a wonderful experience. The, the right people were involved in it. Absolutely. Everyone who was involved was over in some way, shape, or form. Um, I feel like the attention... Well, I mean, of, of course, except for Natalia and fucking... They were, they were good workhorses that were in there. Um, I thought they did well for what they were supposed to but do. But you can tell from the fans, they're about, as, they're about as over as a fart in church. Well, the focus was on Liv Morgan, um, Nikki A.S.H., Alexa Bliss, and Asuka. Those were the focus. Oh, yeah. Um, Naomi to a point, because Naomi's just great. Um, Zelina Vega, because she's a traitor. Right. Well, well, once again, we don't want to talk about her. But well, she did not make pro wrestling majestic. But yet. the thing is, I I, I want to say this because w- the winner of this match was exactly what it was supposed to be, the launching point of a career that could be nothing but great. Right. And you'll be like, oh, what about a superhero? Superheroes can be over. Look yeah. at the Hurricane. Right. Look at Rosie. Right. Superhero in training. That shit was. Over. Like, shit, literally and figuratively. Do you, shit. Do you remember? Do you remember in two thousand four, the Hurricane and Rosie were the most popular thing on Raw. Like, right by a and, mile. And Rosie was the shit. He was the superhero in training. Right, <laughs> and it was awesome. Nikki, Anyways. Nikki, Nikki Ash has the talent, the charisma, and the ability to do this. 
and she can't. And I think this is just that additional large They're, they're strapping that virgin rocket ship on to right. her, man. Um, honestly, honestly, that was it for Money in the Bank. Um, so here's the thing. Let me know what you think in the comments down below. Did What's you going on next week? <sighs> All right, Boone. So, or Boogs or whatever his name is. So, uh, we have, so despite what happened, we're still going to cover New Japan. We're just going to do it a little bit differently. Yes. We're going to be covering um, Summer Struggle in Nagoya. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be covering wrestling or Wrestle Grand Slam. Yes. And by that time, I'm hoping that we will have our original channel back. We'll still upload here, but we should have our original channel back. So right. stay tuned for that. But the week afterwards, though, we're going to do something really, really interesting. Because there are no pay-per-views that last weekend. Right. And we'll talk about that next week. All right. So... Become Follow a, us on social media. Become a patron, of course. All, all, of, it, all of it is in Linktree uh, down below in the description. And as always, be majestic.